Acknowledge me! Everybody, Downright Sports is back, and today's show we're going to talk about the baseball hot stove. I reboot the college football landscape, and we gotta touch on all this gotcha stuff. Everybody's gotcha upset. So buckle up, look at your watch, look at your phone, look at Big Bang, and just know what time it is.
Chase Worldwide Sounds Records. Shout out to Brent Reed. I want y'all to tune in, like, comment, and subscribe. Subscribe on all podcast platforms. You know what it is. Cheers! You are listening to Downright Sports with notorious sports critic Brent Reed. Clap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Welcome everybody, Downright Sports is back, how are you doing? I'm your host, the Notorious Sports Critic, this is an all new episode here, December 6th, it's December, Christmas has come, it's here, what a year for me, (laughs) I really wish sometimes I talked to you guys more about what I do outside of Downright Sports, but I like the separation of church and state. So, hello everybody, welcome to all new Downright Sports, and I am your host, the Notorious Sports Critter, the Sports Influencer, Brent Reed, and it is showtime, and we are getting started today. Um, so much we're going to cover, and it always feels like I don't have enough time. This is an hour show, which is like an eternity in the podcasting world, but uh, it's, uh, trust me, I, I probably, I, I could probably do an hour and a half show. I think the half mark is when I would start to like fizzle, but have I ever done a two hour? Yeah, I think so. I think one time I me and Tim early this year called a baseball game, which was four hours, which I'm actually going, I, I don't, I think I can upload it. I'm going to try. Uh, on uh, Chase tried to upload it on the radio station, and it wouldn't let him. <laughs> he had to cut it up in pieces. So I may upload it uh, towards the end of the year because I believe I got like two more shows um, to end out the year. Funny enough, so uh, before I get into the plugs and everything, uh, on December 22nd, if that's what the promotional flyer says, let me just double check what the promotional flyer says. Looking at promotional flyers. You ever watch Coraline? He does that. Everybody loves Coraline. I am shot out of a cannon this morning, kids. Like, on fire. Why am I deleting? I'm like sitting here deleting photos ahead of my phone because. I hate when I just have unnecessary photos. Anyway, so, yes, I was correct. December 21st, the first ever Downray Sports Christmas Carol. Um, It's going to be fun. I will explain more towards the end of the show. But I'm actually going to finalize it and work on it uh, Friday. But I'm writing the script on it. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be the stupidest thing you've ever heard. And I can't wait. Anyway, if if you've never been listened to Downright Sports before. Uh, Downright Sports is basically a show for all sports fans, uh, spoken and talked to you, the opinions of a sports fan as I try to find my words. Uh, you can listen to Downright Sports weekdays from 12 to 1, new episodes on Wednesdays on DJ Chase Radio, WDJCDB, DJ Chase Radio, uh, Thursdays at 8 o'clock at night. On DynastyRadioNY.com, Downray Sports' original, no, well, second home on the internet. Original home. We're not going to go way back. Funny enough, Downray Sports originally started, like, in 19, 2009 on the radio. Um, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on Trat Radar Radio. 
uh, Sundays at 10 a.m. at She Real Radio, and all new episodes uh, drop on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at 12 p.m. Um, Wednesdays. And then you can follow me on all major social media platforms, all under the name Downright Sports. So, this past weekend, starting Friday, the college world exploded, if you will. I reveled in it. I love when sports, it's supposed to go one way, and then the chaos steers it in a totally different course. Like, to me, that is the great, that's the gift that keeps on giving. So, it started on Friday where USC was facing Utah. Now, USC had already lost to Utah early this year, and Utah decided to go all, just all matted, or all, um, what do they call it? I think it was senior mode in the NCAA game when they defeated and beat um, USC. And now, the USC quarterback, Caleb Williams, I believe is his name, the kid is good. I don't know. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. Hardly paid attention to him this year because a lot of their games is late. Um, I know you're like, well, you can you, you can watch. Again, I have a real job. So um, Caleb balled out. Caleb was a transfer. He came over with the coach. He's a sophomore from the D.C. area. He was hurt and still was balling. Like he threw, if he didn't throw that last interception, there's a possibility he'd come back in that game. He went 28 for 41, uh, 363 yards, 68% completion, three touchdowns, and that one interception. That one. But he balled out. Like he gave his team every opportunity to try to win the game, and they gave him every opportunity to lose the game because that defense was just abysmal. If It's actually probably in their best interest they didn't make the college playoff because if they would have faced a, they would have foreseen, if they would have faced Georgia, Georgia would have dog walked them. Georgia would have embarrassed them on, uh, I think on Christmas Eve. Like you do not want to get like, the song, or not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. Like that's not the way you want to um, enter, you know, enter the world. The, the Georgias, the Alabamas of the world, they have men on those teams. I'm not calling the, I'm not trying to devalue the manhood of those young men, but let me explain something to you. Georgia, Bama, to some degree Clemson, they got guys that are NFL ready today, defensive linemen that are middle linebackers that are salivating. They, they look to, they just want to knock the snot out you and the way Utah just d- demolished them. Like, I was saying the whole time to Allie, who was like, I don't care. But <laughs> I was basically saying they should put Utah in. Like, Utah, to me, show they maybe they probably would lose, but they could give some of those teams a run for their money. I don't know what their Utah team's going to look like next year, but this year they had it. They, they rushed the... Their line, they rushed their backers, and they were there. The moment he said "hut," there was somebody there. Like that was impressive. But the anyway, the college football, the playoffs, which will take place on New Year's Eve, will uh, you will see. In the, I hate the fact the sponsorships is a part of it because it like devalues so much. But the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, 
Uh, you will see number one, oh, Georgia face number four, Ohio State, who found themselves back in it. And let me just go on a tangent real quick because I got to get to the to the meat of this whole segment. I said they should have put Bama back in based on Bama's losses. Bama had their losses were a lot better than Ohio State's one loss, who got demolished by Michigan at home. I felt put Bama in, create the chaos, if you will. In fact, I even argue put Ohio State and Bama back in and really mess everybody's mind up. But TCU found a way. I think TCU and Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl is going to be a better game than Georgia and Ohio State. If Michigan embarrassed Ohio State the way they did, I got news for every Ohio State fan out there. Do not watch when Georgia plays them because Georgia is basically having a scrimmage game. God bless me. I never said that before. Ooh. I've never uttered the words, God bless me. That was, no, I need a pendant. But uh, the championship game will take place January 9th. You will see the in the AT&T, uh, the CFP National Championship presented by AT&T live from SoFi Stadium. I, all right, so uh, there's a bunch of ball games. I'm not going through a list of them. But I decided while, I think it was Saturday, while watching some of these games, um, I don't like how the college playoff landscape is. I think it's bogus. I think the way they pick is stupid. I'm not a fan. In fact, I think they should abolish it. So (laughs) um, here's what I was thinking. Imagine in a world where me, Brent Reeb, we're going to take over the college football landscape. Just the college football landscape, okay? So I have here, if you're watching on YouTube TV or Facebook Live, I have here my ideas, okay? Let's go. So, as you stay, as it stands today, there are, uh, there are a buttload of conferences, right, in the college football world. I mean, too many for me to sit here and name. So many that it would be absurd if I named all of them, wouldn't it? So I will. So you have the American Athletic Conference. You have the uh, ACC. You have the Big 12. You have the Big 10. You have Conference USA, which sounds like Cruising USA. You have the Independents, which sounds like a political party. You have the Mid-American Contest, also sounds like a political party. The Mountain West Conference, which sounds like a club. The Pac-12 Conference. The Southern Eastern Conference. Hmm. <laughs> the Sun Belt Conference finishes it all up. I think this is dumb. I feel like you give too much hope because we all know the Sun Belt is not making the college football playoff. In fact, none of the teams in the Sun Belt are ever qualified. James Madison, they all play in a playoff, so I don't even know why. So we're going to eliminate them. Uh, the Mountain West Conference, uh, they're not looking for gold, so we probably don't need them anymore. The Mid-American Conference, uh, do I need to go on? Conference USA, uh, the American Athletic Conference, which was created when they took teams from the Big East and was trying to make a football conference only, just didn't work out. So, here's what we're going to, so if you look at it like this, the SEC currently has 14 teams, it's going to be moving to 16 teams because... Texas and Oklahoma are going to be joining, I think, next year. The Big Ten, which now has 14 teams, is going to 16 teams because it looks like UCLA. There's a slide closer to the mic. UCLA and USC are going to join them. The Big 12 
is now going from 10 to 8, losing Texas and Oklahoma. The ACC is stagnant at 14. The Pac-12 currently has 12, but losing 2. So they're going to fall down to 10. All right, so here's what I've decided. What we'll do is we'll keep the ACC, we'll keep the SEC, and we'll keep the Big Ten. We'll keep the Pac-12 and the Big 12. But we need to make the Big 12 and the Pac-12 more competitive. And this is how this breaks down. Okay? So, the SEC can't add anymore. The ACC can't add anymore. And the Big Ten can't add anymore. That's under my regime. If it was mine, this is how it goes. Creepy, right? So, the Pac-12, here's what we're going to do. We're going to steal Boise State, BYU, go with me, USF, uh, the University of Central Florida, and North Texas will all join the Pac-12. The Big 12 will see UNLV, Jackson State, and I put that in there before I knew Dion was going to Colorado. So, we're just going to leave them in there because we already voted. And then we, I mean me. Uh, um, uh, SMU, Memphis, Liberty will no longer be an independent. Liberty, who has the last few years have had some pretty solid years. Liberty will join the Pac-12, and uh, San Diego State will join the, the Big 12. Excuse me, uh, Liberty and San Diego State will both join the Big 12. Geographics don't matter here. Now, you're asking yourself, what about Notre Dame? What do we do with Notre Dame? Well, Notre Dame will remain the only independent because I think it's just symbolic and it's just cool. You know what I'm saying? Now, in my playoff system, since it's going 12, I believe it should stay four. I like the four. I think it makes people play harder. I think it makes the conference championships game matter a little bit more. For perfect example, the reason why this voting committee is dumb, right? Uh... Who just lost? TCU lost their conference championship. Why are they being rewarded for going to the like to the to the playoff? If like you've taken away, and I know what you're saying. Well, Brian, you don't have to win your division to make the playoffs in baseball. True, if you have a wild card, but there is no wild card. It's supposed to be the four best, and if you're not good enough to win your own conference, what point is it to put you in? Like I truly believe Ohio State nor TCU should be in. I think because I think you reward Utah and you reward Kansas State, who are ranked to make my argument eighth and ninth. So it's not like they're they're in the top. They're like below fifteen. They're in the top ten. It's not that hard of an argument to move if you beat the number four C and the number three C. It's not that hard of an argument to put you in. That's my opinion. But under my regime, this is how the playoffs will break down. Seeds 1 through 5 would all be conference champions, the SEC champion, the ACC champion, the Big Ten champion, the Pac-12 champion, and the Big 12 champion. Seeds 6 and 7 would be the mount, the new conference of the Mountain and Coastal USA and the new conference of the American whatever in the Sun Belt. I would merge those conferences, okay? So the winners 1 through so seeds 1 through 6 would all be conference winners. Seeds 8 through 12 would be the next best. So teams who either finished in the conference championship game, yeah, or save one of those spots for Notre Dame because they want to be independent. 
making them have to make a choice to pick a division, <laughs> pick a conference. But that's how I would break it down. No more of this voting. It would be strictly based on your record. In college basketball, yeah, they have kind of a system, but it's easy to, if you, basically in college basketball, if you have wins, if you have more wins than losses by a lot, like if a team, let's look at the college basketball rankings as I wrap this segment up. Oh, by the way, all bowl games have to be played on college campuses. Enough of this big arena stuff because it's not real fans. I don't I don't believe that when Ohio State, if Georgia plays Michigan in the championship game, that arena is just going to be full of all Michigan and Georgia alone. And like, that's BS. Like, I find that hard to believe. I think, I think it should be played on college campuses. I've said this argument time and time again. The argument continues to be, well, they're not student athletes. They're basically professional athletes. And the more you put them on these big platforms, these big spectacles, yeah, you're kind of making them, you're making the argument for everybody. Let's be fair. If you hosted, if Bama, if you did a rotation, Bama hosted a championship one year, Michigan hosted a championship one, like if you hosted these bowl games, in these, you know, in the college arenas, there are plenty. Imagine a bowl game at USC's home arena. You get what I'm saying? Like it, it is. It's just so much. The, 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 the visual means more because they're television games. Ultimately, the TV contracts will overcome these massive um, gates that you're trying to fill, and you'll get the gate. Trust me, you will get the gate. But if you host it on a college, of uh, um, campus it would it would make it all the more the better because then you could start having that conversation again with their student athletes like i don't think it like maybe all right so i'll make the argument maybe the big game could be played on a in a, in a championship uh, stadium but let's have some of the games on campus like it's just dumb i don't like that they do it in basketball either like you, it's something when you see the students in the stands like it's just something to that it really is what was I talking about? I don't even think it matters. Let's just wrap this up. That's how college would break down under the notorious dean, the notorious college president. I don't know. I didn't come up with a name for that. Anyway, when we return, this is Downway Sports. When we return in segment number two, I'm going to talk baseball. It's about baseball. I don't know the real song, but we're going to come back. Uh, the Hall of Fame voted somebody in in the uh, um, Veterans Committee. We're going to talk about the misses that baseball keeps making and the mistakes baseball keeps making. And then uh, we got more to cover. Yeah, today's music's all Christmas. I think the rest of the month will pretty much be all Christmas. And then the last segment, um, we have a song. Uh, 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 independent artist submitted a song, so pretty cool. Anyway, we'll be right back. Downward Sports. That average Joe's does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I really can't but stay. baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go But away. baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you drop so in. I'll hold your hands, they're just like My ice. My will start to Beautiful, hurt. what's your Your father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace so roar. So really, I'd better Beautiful, please don't well, hurry. maybe just a half a drink. 
put some records on while I pour Baby, it's bad out there Say, what's in this No cabs to be had out there I wish I knew Your eyes are like starlight now I'll take your hat, your hair looks swell Mind if I move in close What's the sense of hurting my pride? Baby, don't hold out Baby, it's cold outside I simply must go Baby, it's cold outside The answer is no Baby, it's cold outside The welcome has been How lucky that you dropped in Look out the window at the storm My sister will be Gosh, your lips look My delicious. Will be there at the door. Waves upon the tropical shore. My maiden aunt's mind is Gosh, your lips are delicious. Maybe just a cigarette. Never more. such a blizzard before. Get home. But baby, you'd freeze out there. Say, lend me a coat. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been I thrill when you touch my but hair. Don't you see? How can you do this thing to me? Think of my lifelong At song. least there will be plenty in If you got pneumonia and I, I really can't Get stay. over that old doubt Baby, it's cold Baby, it's cold outside Baby, it's cold outside Do-do-do-do-do-do I'm going to probably play every version of that song throughout the month. Ray Charles' version is pretty good. John Legend's version is very good. I know the song's like become like taboo in the last few years. But I'm definitely one of those like, calm down. <laughs> I'm definitely like, calm down. Like, it, like, relax. Relax. Anyway, so baseball, this is the hot stove. Uh, baseball's offseason is... So, if you want to know why, like, the NFL doesn't end, why basketball doesn't end, because the blueprint was created by baseball. To stay relevant, they had what they called the baseball hot stove, which, um, you know, had the free agent market. They had the winter meetings, um, and, you know, this is where, like, you know, rules come in place and et cetera, et cetera. So, the Hall of Fame is about to commence there are new Hall of Fame <clears throat> um, applicants. First timers are Brunson Arroyo, uh, pitcher, good pitcher, pitched for the Red Sox and for the Reds for a while. Um, Carlos Beltran, pretty good hitter. Matt Kane, decent pitcher. JD Harden, can't believe he's retired. Um, R.A. Uh, Ricky, decent pitcher. Jacob Ellsbury was okay. He got to the Yankees and got hurt. Um, Andre Ethier, very good outfielder for the Dodgers. Houston Street, decent closer. Uh, Jason Worth, decent player. Francisco Rodriguez, we all thought was going to be a Hall of Fame and kind of fizzled out. They came in upon the Mets. Yeah. Uh, just saying, Justin. Anyway, none of those guys is making the Hall of Fame. No, I... I what makes the Baseball Hall of Fame better than the NBA and the NFL is the fact that they just don't put everybody in. The NBA, literally anybody who plays makes it. 
because they could justify because the basketball Hall of Fame is not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the the basketball Naismith Hall of Fame, which is like it's like your work in college. You can make it in there because of what you did in high school. But there's so many guys in the Hall of Fame that you, you go what. <laughs> How is like that guy in the basketball hall of fame? Football, kind of the same thing. Like, all right, football, they will find any role. He, his impact on the field. Yeah, a lot of guys had any. If you if you're a professional athlete, you have an impact. I don't know, if, but the, the 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 purpose of the hall of fame is not because you were good at your job, not because you were great at your job. It's because you're supposed to be legendary. You're memorable. You're. Um, once in a generation player, you know, like that's kind of the crux of the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Baseball, I think, embodies that because there was a year they put no one in. I think it's a few times like they were like, none of these guys deserve to get in. Uh, there are a few guys that's on it, uh, returning. Uh, Jeff Kent, this is his last year. Manny Ramirez, his seventh year. Billy Wagner, his eighth year. Um, Manny should be in, and Jeff Kent should be in. Jeff Kent is one of the greatest second basemen to ever play. Statistically, he's one of the greatest second basemen to ever play. Um, he's a former MVP. He wasn't spectacular, but Jeff Kent was to the point that so many of these guys make. He was an impactful player. There's no question you couldn't. I watched Jeff Kent play. The guy was good. And when you look at his numbers and where he ranks against other second basemen that are in the Hall of Fame, you, I don't know how you keep Jeff Kent out. I just don't know. Manny Ramirez is out because of the alley. He failed the steroids test, point blank. Which is going to bring me to this whole steroids thing and keeping guys out. Like, the Veterans Committee just commenced and they voted in. They had the opportunity to vote in Bonds, Clemens, and Rafael Palmero. They voted in Fred McGriff. That was it. Fred McGriff, I think, is a... Fred McGriff, from a, from a statistical standpoint, from Based just on numbers, Fred McGriff was a phenomenal baseball player. Uh, another guy I got to watch. Another guy I got to witness. Another guy I looked at and said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred McGriff was good. But it, how do you justify voting in Fred McGriff over Barnes and Clemens? How do you justify voting in any player that you that played in the quote-unquote steroids era, but you don't vote in Bonds and Clemens? So here's the kicker. Derek Jeter, without a doubt, Hall of Famer, right? Um, Rivera, Mo, Manny Rivera, no doubt, Hall of Famer. Pudge Rodriguez, Mike Piazza, Frank Thomas, now Fred McGriff. All guys, uh, Craig Biggio, uh, all guys in Hall of Fame, John Smokes, Greg Maddox, um, Tom Glavin, all guys you put in the Hall of Fame that played in the steroid era. Okay? Go with me, if you will. Barnes and Clemens was better than all of them, with or without steroids. Period. Period. They were better than everyone. And the fact that you, if you're a, a baseball voter, you could go to bed at night comfortably say, not putting those two in, you, it's 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 unfathomable. It's disgusting. The Baseball Hall of Fame is a museum. All right, there are certain artifacts and historical things that I. All right, so perfect example. I was in uh, Virginia for years. There are plenty of museums in Virginia that have the uh, Confederate flag in the museum. Why? Because it's a part of history. 
Is it a disgusting part of history? Absolutely, but it's hanging in a museum. Why? Because you can't. You need to know about it. You have Barnes and Clemens, two of the greatest players to play in their generation, not in. And because neither one of them have a positive steroid test. All allegations. All. And if your argument is, well, they took it. Just look at them. Just look at them. Okay. A lot of guys took it. Go back and look at that Mitchell report. It was like five pages long. They still weren't great. Bonds and Clemens was great before the steroids. If they took them, they were great. It just made them. It just made them galactical better. <laughs> I just made up a word. So, congrats to Fred McGriff, great player. But like the Baseball Hall of Fame is getting it wrong in more recent years because you have too many guys that are doing it by the numbers versus the eye test versus just what's best for the game. In the like, Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb was a, a, a notoriously known to be a bad moral player. We don't even know about some of the other players in their moral morale. But just to give you a little context, there were people who did not vote unanimously for Willie Mays or Hank Aaron or Joe DiMaggio. Like, that's how the game it was like, I will not vote. Man. Like, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Barry, I mean, um, um, Bob Gibson, um, Babe Ruth. Like, the list of names that never got 100% is, it just shows you how crazy the Baseball Hall of Fame writers are. So, here are guys that should have got reconsideration and maybe should have been in. So, I watched um, uh, Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams was smooth. Like, Bernie Williams was like the music he plays. He was smooth. Looking at Bernie's numbers, just using his playoff numbers alone. He is only second in these categories. He's second in home runs in the playoffs. He's second in hits in the playoffs. He's second in total bases in the playoffs. He's only behind Jeter, who's in the Hall of Fame. He, uh, Manny Ramirez is third in playoff hits, first in home runs. Bernie Williams' numbers, he's got... 2,336 career hits, 287 home runs, 13, uh, 1,366 runs, back, runs, and tw- uh, 1,257 RBIs. Four-time Gold Glover has a bat entitled five-time All-Star, four-time champion. All right? Compare him to somebody like Kirby Puckett, who's in the Hall of Fame. Kirby's got two World Series, a bat entitled six Silver Sluggers, 10-time All-Star, um, six-time Gold Glover. Look at, listen to his numbers. Runs, 1,071, okay, to Bernie's thir- uh, 1,366. RBIs, 1,080, uh, 1,085 to Bernie's 1,257. Hits, 2,304. Bernie, 2,336. Bernie's even has more career home runs than Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett was a great player. On paper, on paper, and if you watch, Bernie is a Hall of Famer if you compare him to Kirby Puckett. Other players, like um, there's a guy, Max Carey, who played for Pittsburgh, a big
million years ago. One World Series. He got a bunch of at-bats. He does have more hits. His batting average is a little bit better. Uh, his runs is a little bit better. He's got a little bit better numbers. But this is a these are center fielders I'm comparing Bernie Williams to. Um, Earl Everett uh, also played forever ago. Bernie's got better numbers than him. He's got more career RBIs. He's got more career hits. He's got more career home runs. These are all guys in the Hall of Fame. You're supposed to be compared to guys that's been in. Bernie should be in. Facts. Like, that's clear as day. Who should be in the Hall of Fame? Barry Bonds should be in His numbers speak for itself. And this nonsense and this notion, his numbers don't matter. Stop. Because if you're starting to pick apart numbers, then we need to go all the way back. You got you got to take numbers away from players who played from like 18 to 89 to um, 1919 before the game changed and they changed the ball. They changed the bat. There was no regulation bats. There was no regulation gloves. There was no regulation cleats. There was no re- like you just played. You just went out. Guys used to share gl- equipment, the posing teams. The game changes in 1920. They get a commissioner. The live ball era. They pitch ball. You know, uh, Babe Ruth is hitting bomb home runs. But they didn't play against people of color. So the game's kind of skewed there. So then you got selective numbers from 1920 to 1947. When Jackie joins and integrates the game of baseball. But then even their numbers are skewed because the pitching mound changed. In nineteen in the sixties, I think it was either early sixties or the late sixties. They had to change the pitchers mount to make it higher because the pitchers was just like mowing players down because it was even. The pitchers mount wasn't always a mount; it was just like leveled. It was leveled. It was more leveled, so they had to raise it a little bit, give the batter more of an advantage so they could see the ball. Game changed then. Is that wrong? The game changed when they added the DH. The game changed when they made interleague play. Like, the game has changed. Steroids is a part of the game. And, to go on record, wasn't illegal. What? Yeah, just blew your minds. Steroids was not illegal. For a large crux of the, 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 like, it was not, like, there's a clip of, like, Mark McGuire with steroids in his locker while giving an interview, just like, yeah, you know, today was a tough game, you know, and um, I just felt like, if you're listening on the radio, that's me pretending to hit my steroid bottle while giving an interview. So, <clears throat> Mark, 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 uh, yeah, you had a great game. How, how'd it go? Uh, it was fantastic, you know, just me, my bat, my raw skills, and, you know, just, oh, that, that's nothing. That's, you know, that's the, that's the juice, if you will. And I'm not talking about OJ. Ha, 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 everybody laugh. Ha, 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 chuckle, 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 chuckle. Bond shows up, knocks the ball, not out the ballpark, but into the ocean. Like, he's hitting bombs all the way to Alcatraz, and all of a sudden, this steroids thing is a problem. We gotta, we gotta stop it. And now his numbers don't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just the craziest thing. And some, like, it'd be nice if the commissioner, the commissioner would just walk to the podium one day and we go, hey. Who cares? It's all entertainment. Who cares? Like, relax. Put them in. For that matter, Pete Rose should be in too. Um, <clears throat> baseball offseason moves. I wrote that down right here. Um, so, 
Jacob DeGrom is leaving the Mets, going to Texas. But the Mets was like, so what? We are picking up Justin Verlander. The Mets are trying to win a championship. Kate Upton said, we were thinking about two New York teams, and the other one we didn't pick because they boo their fans. You're damn right we boo. I mean, we, they boo the owner. You're damn right we boo the owner. When they make stupid decisions, like giving Brian Cashman a four-year extension for doing nothing, Brian Cashman is the most... You, the bat boy holds more value than Brian Cashman. And the Yankees just don't see it. They don't see it. And they haven't signed anybody. Trey Turner's going to Philly. What? What is this? You still have... Uh, Carlos Correa out there. You have Xavier Bogart. Sign somebody. Maybe Judge will sign if you make a signing. Maybe if Judge sees that you are trying to win, he will return. Unless unless they're trying to do this big packaging thing where they sign both and then they reveal it. No, just sign somebody. Good. Just show us. Show us Yankee fans that you're actually trying. Verlander signs with the Mets for two years. $86 million. Um, Trey Turner signs with Philly, reuniting with Bryce Harper. If you're the Nationals and you got two of your former future prospects less than 100 miles from you, you should. It's a good thing ownership is selling. That's all I have to say. It's a good thing ownership is selling the team. Um, yeah, it really is. It really is. Anyway, hey, this is Downright Sports. Shakespeare in the Park. Does mother know you wear Esper drapes? It's all cold down along the beach. And the wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> hey, man! You guys know what time of year it is? What time? What? 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 Oh, Christmas time. <laughs> you guys all, you guys all been good and practicing real hard. Yeah. Clients, you've been, you've been rehearsing real hard now. So Santa bring you a new saxophone, right? Everybody out there been good or what? Oh, that's not many, not many. You guys are in trouble out here. <laughs> and you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa
So I want to talk about this this Christmas Carol episode that I plan to do. Uh, basically, spoiler, because I don't I don't if I can get done what I'm trying to do, there may be a trailer for it in a weird way. Um, the end of this week, but basically, I got uh, Uncle Buddha, who's a produce who produces the uh, title song for the show, uh, to agree. He's gonna do he's gonna voice one of the characters. Basically, it's gonna be a radio form. Um, there won't be any video, uh, I don't, I could do something video-like, but I, that would take way too much time for me to cut it up and edit it. I think I could do it. I just really got to just sit down and do it, but I like to use my free time to play the game, but, um, it's going to be pretty cool and awesome. And it's just, it's a Christmas carol with sports theme. And, um, I don't want to tell you anymore. You, I'll give you the rest next week once I have the, cause I, I started writing the script and I haven't written a script like handwritten a script in God knows how many years and the words it sounds so cliche I sound like I feel like I should have like a cup of espresso with like a, like a, a scarf around my neck but it's just like the words were just flowing off the pen I just felt so alive I didn't know where the pages I didn't know where the paper started and I began no I'm just writing the dumbest stuff that comes to my head to make it work so <clears throat> it's gonna be I, I'm gonna have fun with it I, I really I think I'm gonna have fun with it I hope I have fun with it it's gonna be the dread I'm gonna dread it I know I am I know I am anyway so uh this past weekend the college football world was turned on its ear if you will uh the uh, one in eight in their conference, and wait for it, one in eleven overall. Uh, Colorado bite, um, bison or buffaloes, buffaloes. Uh, signed Deion Sanders. Uh, they made him the new head coach. One of the first. I'm going to record and say he's got to be the first HBCU coach, probably forever, to get a job at a Power Five school. Like, the head job. I, I don't think you can name another. I don't. I really don't. But it's created so much backlash because... And I wrote a piece. I like I can say that. I wrote, basically, it was a question. It was a question, and I wrote it on... I uh, posted on the Downray Sports fan page. Um, do we... Did Dion... Basically, I asked a bunch of questions, but did Dion betray the... Um, 
did he portray the historical black colleges or did he create more opportunities for them? And I got the, 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 the large chunk of people who responded, I think, felt more on the sense of he portrayed. And he, you couldn't stick by his word and everybody, I think, was under the impression he was leaving. And I've had some time to think about it, and I don't think I don't I don't think you can exclusively say no to both. I think in one hand, Dion, yeah, he did leave. But at the same time, if you're a historic if you coach at a historical black college and you were looking for opportunities to go elsewhere. If you were looking for opportunities to go to a bigger school, if you were looking for opportunities to further your career, Deion Sanders just opened that door for you. Because before him, there was so much conversation that the two worlds were different. The Power Five Conference, the HBCUs, not the same. Not the same athletes, not the same players, not the same coaching staff, blah, 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 blah. Now, I went to a black, historical black college. I went to St. Paul's College, whoop, whoop. And I'm here to tell you right now that compared to... So, I'll give you the best example. I went to St. Paul's. My cousin um, went to SUNY Oswego, and I will go visit him. The differences in just the cafeterias alone was different. My school was a Division II school. His school was a D3 school. They didn't have a football program. They had a bad basketball team. They had a. They, they were known for hockey mainly, but if you know, they didn't even. I don't think they had a baseball team. Like I, I like, but we had all. We had baseball, basketball, football, um, bowling. We had all the women's sports, and St. Paul's like the athletes. And I, I played. I played baseball there. We couldn't use the gym. Like we just couldn't go to the weight room. We wanted to. At other schools, they have a code. They can use the weight room at any time. We couldn't. Like, we were told we'd know. <laughs> we were told we couldn't go on the field. We Our baseball field wasn't on campus, which is fine. A lot of places are like that. But, like, the, the bats we used compared to other schools was day and night different. Like, we would play, we would play schools. We played division. We played a deaf school, and you can hear the difference in the bats. So we, we aren't thinking about, doom, there's, like you can hear the differences. A lot of colleges get support from their alums, but it's how you treat your alums. I can tell you at my school, they mistreated the alumni like crap. Now the school's not open anymore due to these mistakes. But if you want the HBCU schools to come up, it's not Deion Sanders' responsibility. He did his job for three years. He did his job for three years. He made Jackson State as relevant as Alabama. He made Jackson State as relevant as Notre Dame. You knew who, who you knew the players on that team almost. Their jerseys look different. Their feel looked different. He brought a sense of pride to that school. That's not his responsibility to bring that same pride to all the schools. It is not Dion's responsibility for him to be the, the gatekeeper or the caretaker of the HBCUs. It's the responsibility of the HBCUs. It's the responsibility. So the thing that gets me sometimes is 
the I want my, I want it. It's not fair. Go go get it. The opportunity in the case of college, our opportunities. Yeah, we may not have as many um, CEOs and Fortune 500 play people, but what conversations are we starting? Like everybody's like, it's not fair. The only opportunity. Yes, you could graduate from an HBCU. With my uncle did. My uncle Timmy graduated from Howard University. Has been a very successful X-ray technician for years. He is very big. H, uh, Howard is Howard's alum staff is huge. Howard is Division One. Um, Hampton, Norfolk—they're all like it's. But it's the smaller ones that their alum. I get like it's the it's the realistically it's the job of the president. You have to make your alumni feel special. You have like Hampton Sydney, which is in Farmville, is a small school, Division Three small school. But their alum come far and wide to every football game, especially when they play Macon, and they're there. The same can't be said with HBCUs. When, only time you really see Virginia State plays Union, they don't even care about the dang game. They want to go to the to the ball, to the party after. They used to at least. I'm a little old. I don't know if they still do that. But the narrative, Dion, I think, came in and he laid out the blueprint. If you guys want to follow that blueprint, then you have an opportunity. If not, then you're going, it's just going to go back to what it was before Dion got there. Fair enough. Like, you can't keep saying the state's keeping us down. The man's keeping us down. You run the school. Ain't nobody keeping you down. Like, do, do something. Invite Tyler Perry. Do something. Like, just think outside the box. Here's a crazy idea. Hire different think-minded people. I mean, hire different people. Stop getting retreads. Go outside of the school, grant open opportunities. Another reason, Dion probably would have stayed at Jackson State. <clears throat> they didn't even offer him an extension. To my, to, from what all reports say, he was not offered an extension. The man was undefeated. You're not trying to find money for him? No. He did what was best for him, which he's always done his entire career. There's nothing wrong with that. You got to take opportunities when they come. I just... I'm fortunate enough where opportunity came for me. I took it. Didn't hesitate. Didn't wait. Took it. Got it. You can sit around and wait for somebody. You can sit around and wait. But when the door opens, if it's cracked, if it's unlocked, if you don't turn the knob and try to go through it, ain't nothing going to happen for you. Facts. Move on real quick. I got three minutes. Uh, Jerry Jones, a photo came out. He was 14 years old. Um, white. Students didn't want black kids to come to the school. Wow, historical fact there. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. School in Arkansas didn't want to segregate, desegregate? <sighs> Who saw that one coming? Stop, everybody. Stop. Jerry, listen. <clears throat> Jerry Jones has got to be 80-something years old. I, at this point, I don't really care. Like, if we're going to keep going and everybody's... We're going to keep... We're not even going to closets anymore. We're digging up graves. It doesn't shock me that a person living in Arkansas at 14 years old in a picture that doesn't tell anything, doesn't tell anything, was standing there with other white people while they were trying to desegregate a school. In that picture, we don't know if Jerry Jones was just arriving. <laughs> we don't know if he was on trying to get the class himself. We don't know if he was in line to go to the bathroom. I'm not making excuses for the man, but he has an answer for it. And guess what? He doesn't need to answer for it. 
You're no one. I'm no one. Everybody don't need to answer questions. What about Kyrie? Hold on, let me put my best LeBron. Well, you asked me about Kyrie. No, they asked Kyrie about Kyrie. He was asked a question. And he diverted from the question. Kind of, sort of. And he made it even worse. Kind of, sort of. Like, even, but even in Kyrie's standards, like, I don't want to make excuses for Kyrie, but the reporter asking him about the movie he posted on Twitter, it, it didn't make sense there either. <laughs> like, it didn't. It wasn't like Kyrie got to the podium and was like, hey, I watched this really good movie about how, like, black people were the original Jewish people and, like, the current Jewish people are evil. Yeah, I saw that movie. I thought it was awesome. He didn't do that. The reporter asked him, and now he's got an answer. Now, his answer was messed up. It was bad. Yeah, 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 but at the same time, like, he was poked. We got to stop with the poking. We got to stop trying to shake the tree and hope something falls. You're a sports reporter. Report on the damn sports. Jerry Jones had a photo. All right, what'd he do? Yeah, he hasn't hired a black coach. So hasn't a half the NFL owners ever. Giants don't have a black head coach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 49ers had a black head coach. They fired him. Okay. Bears ain't had a black head coach since they fired Lovey Smith. Okay. Where are their questions? Where are their questions? Jerry Jones has employed plenty of black men and made a lot of them rich. There's something to be said there. All right. This is the Dowry Sports. Thank you. Um, I'm losing my voice. It's too early in the morning for me. <laughs> I need a cup of coffee. Uh, listen, we'll be back next week. You, 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 you. Uh, December 21st, the Christmas Carol Show. Tune in. It's going to be a podcast. It's going to be exclusively on DJ Chase Radio. It's going to be exciting. Listen to Downray Sports. <clears throat> um, dang it. I keep forgetting this name. Gable. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> so, uh, listen to uh, Downray Sports weekdays on WDJCDB, DJ Chase Radio from 12 to 1. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. Uh, listen on Thursdays at 8 o'clock at night on DynastyRadioNY.com. Your number one host for hip hop and RB and soul, except for on Thursdays when Downray Sports takes over. Uh, listen on Track Radar Radio at 6 p.m. on Saturdays. Uh, Sundays on She Real Radio at 10 a.m. And then download the podcast, new episodes at 12 p.m. on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or all major podcast platforms. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. <clears throat> this next song is by an independent artist named Stacey Gable, who uh, is called Just, Just Ain't Christmas. Our new single's out. You can download it anywhere. Check it out. Check out our Instagram, Stacey Gables. And, um, yeah, uh, playing it all month. Playing a lot uh, next week, a lot of independence. But, nah, it's Christmas all month. Just saying. Christmas all month. All right, everybody. As always, deuces. Got me, little headbutt right there. Come on, get some next week. I'll see you at the park again. <laughs> <laughs> sleigh bells ring reminds me how we'd laugh and sing and dream about the gifts beneath the tree the memories they seem so clear reminds me what i hold so dear in my heart year after year so trim the tree by candle a guiding star shines so bright.
Until you're here. 